What's up everybody and welcome to B2B Made Simple. If you're passionate about marketing, you're in the right place. Whether you're doing marketing for a brand new startup or a $100 million enterprise, you'll learn strategies that'll help you build a solid team, impact your pipeline, and look like an absolute rock star to upper management. Why? Because these guys are the pros. They're not pretending to know the industry, they're in the trenches on a daily basis. My name is Sam Moss. I'm the co-founder of One Click Agency. We build websites for B2B companies, and I'm also the co-host of this podcast. If your goal is to become the marketer everyone else looks up to, keep listening. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the B2B Made Simple podcast. Uh, my guest today is Maria Wan. Maria um, is the VP of Marketing and Communications at PeerFit down in Tampa, Florida. And as we're recording this, she let me know it's freezing there, um, <laughs> which I tend to find a little surprising as a northerner. But anyway, welcome welcome to the show, Maria. It, we're glad to have you here. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yes, I brought out the furry, the furry sweater for this occasion for our 50 degree weather here today. 50 degree weather. I was going to ask because we have people all over listening to this, um, what the temperature was. So 50 degrees, 50 degrees, folks. Um, she's, she's, uh, braving the the cold front. (laughs) Yes. Yes. As a Florida, as a Floridian, you understand my plight here. So yes, yes. Um, but Hey, why don't you tell us what, uh, does and what you guys have going on? Yeah, absolutely. So PeerFit is a corporate wellness benefit that we provide to employers and health plans and health insurers to give uh, their members and employees access to flexible fitness experiences. Um, we are nationwide, so we've got a nation a nationwide network of fitness partners and brands. So we've got all the big box brands, the boutique studios, and the local um, local fitness partners as well in different regions. And uh, we also have digital streaming options and workouts as well. And so what we do is we work directly with uh, employers and health insurers to provide uh, this type of access through their fitness benefits. So, and we, we do it through not just employers, but also to the Medicare Advantage and Medicare supplement population. So a lot of retirees and the senior population also have access to this great benefit as well so that they can continue uh, keeping up with their fitness journeys. Even while at home, they have access to really great fitness options and experience. So cool. Um, as a marketer, there's one thing that you've learned and you kind of stand on this, uh, you preach it, is you've realized that B2B marketing and B2C marketing really aren't as far apart or different as people tend to think. So why do you feel like there really is no difference between the two? I think, you know, I think maybe a few years back, people would have said, oh, they're completely different. You're either a B2B marketer or you're a B2C or D2C marketer. You can't be one and the same. And you either have to kind of choose, pick and choose one side or the other. But nowadays, everything is so consumer focused. Mm -hmm. Everyone is very much um, focused on the end user experience and and the end consumer experience. So at the end of the day, the lines have really grayed, I think, between B2B and D2C. And so when people say, well, you're just a B2B marketer, I'm like, but at the end of the day, the people paying for our product are also the people that are going to be using it. And so when I think about when I'm doing marketing, I'm not just focused on trying to get the payers at the enterprise level to come in and purchase our product. I need to also convince them that when they buy our product, it's going to make their personal life easier. It's going to bring value to their everyday life. And especially now, especially, you know, 
you know, during COVID, those lines are completely blurred, right? Here we are, we're sitting in our homes, having yeah. a discussion about um, marketing, about our mm -hmm. careers, and the lines are, are blurred, right? I'm sitting in a, in a half nursery, half office. And so we've got to figure out how to reach these individuals in their homes, in their personal lives, and figure out a way to, to show them that our product is not only going to make their prefer, uh, professional lives easier, it's going to make their personal lives easier. And so when we think about marketing, it's not just about about focusing on big organizations or businesses. It's really focusing on the individual who has to make that decision at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. um, one of the ways that we can do that are consumer folks channels. Um, so before we jump into why that's important or why you think people are ignoring it, can you list off a couple of examples of a consumer um, focused channel, possibly in the social media world? Yeah, so definitely, I think a lot of the social media channels, most of them are consumer focused. I would say LinkedIn and Twitter are probably the ones that are more B2B focused. Um, even Twitter sometimes kind of muddies that water too as well as being a little bit consumer and a little bit business. But when you think about Facebook and, and Instagram, those are really focused on family um, connections and networking connections with friends that you've maybe have lost connections with or want to keep connecting with, but you can't see them right now. And mm -hmm. so I think about the fact that, you know, the CEO of the company may have this professional LinkedIn profile, but at the same time, he probably has a Facebook profile at the same time, right? And so those are two ways that I think that you can reach um, individuals at those enterprise levels at, on different channels, but you can't share the same type of content, right, that you would share on LinkedIn that you would on Facebook. And that's a perfect example of where B2B and B2C need to really meet up, right? So as an organization or as individuals representing the organization, who post to social, you need to show those personalities on both their channels and they're probably going to be completely different. And mm -hmm. so I think social media is a, is a really great way of defining those channels between consumer focused and business focused because each social media channel has their own personality. But I definitely think businesses really need to take a step back and take a look at where they're best going to um, be received on those channels, but you can't just choose one or the other. I think you yeah. definitely have to have a mix of a, of a little bit of both. Um, I want to jump into tactics, um, whether that's content or ads or um, in those consumer focused channels. But before we do that, can you, I mean, you had mentioned it, it's not only social media that have consumer focused channels. Do you have any other examples outside of social media that we might not have thought of when it comes to that? Yeah, I mean, I think email marketing is a big one. I feel mm -hmm. like, again, a lot, our work and, and personal lives have blurred quite a bit. So a lot of the maybe email newsletters that I have signed up for mm -hmm. might be something that would tie to both my personal and professional life. And so I think email marketing is a huge aspect of that. Um, you know, when I see people who sign up for our product, even though it's a enterprise level offering, you know, we see that people are using their personal emails to sign up for our product, even though it's something that they're getting through their business. So I think email marketing is a place where you can really um, reach those enterprise level uh, decision makers, but with consumer focused messaging, if that makes sense. And so I feel like if you're not using email marketing as as a as the main tool in your toolkit, you're definitely missing out. Um, but I would say that in in collaboration with social and other types of, of advertising, it's going to be really important that you kind of have a, a you know, a definitely an omni-channel approach to how you're trying to reach people. Okay. Um, so when it comes to consumer focused messaging, if there's a company that really has not made that differentiation yet, um, where would you say they should start? Uh, what would be your number one thing 
to implement first when it comes to that consumer-focused messaging? Definitely take a step back and look at your tone, your tone Mm -hmm. and voice guides. Um, I think, you know, what happens a lot of times with B2B is when they're establishing their tone, their tone guides and, and how they want to sound on channels, uh, they get, they can get kind of corporate, right? Mm -hmm. I, you know, we deal with large corporations all the time and just looking at the difference and how we've established our tone and how they've established our tone, you can see a really distinct difference. And so I think that's probably the first step is, is making sure that you redefine or define, right? Your tone and, and your voice on these channels so that you are speaking directly to the end user and not to organizations as a whole. Yeah. Would you, would you say, I mean, we had talked in the beginning that LinkedIn and even Twitter are more of the enterprise B2B um, social media platforms. Would you also say that we should have that consumer focused messaging in those platforms too? Or is that a space where we can kind of branch out and be a little bit more corporate? Yeah, I mean, I feel like at the end of the day, your tone needs to carry across all the channels, right? Mm -hmm. And that's where things get a little bit tough, right? Is figuring out um, as a copywriter, as a content marketer, you know, how do you want to sound across all the channels where there's still some similarity, but you are focusing and targeting um, those individuals based on the channels that you're in. So regardless of what channel you're in, your tone and voice should still sound the same across channels. So maybe that's where it gets defined that you decide, hey, maybe my LinkedIn is going to be a little bit more personal, a little bit more um, focused on that end user, and it's not going to be as corporate. I also think about LinkedIn too as well is that that's a place where you have can have some really great representation from internal employees. And when you think about how they're going to share or reshare information from your company page, they're going to be talking like as if they're talking to their friends, right? To the people that they're trying to network and connect with. So you want to make sure that what they're, what they're able to share really sounds in line with if you're connecting on an individual level. Um, and so I think about that too as well. So I guess I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say is, yeah, LinkedIn, you can definitely push for that consumer focused messaging there too as well. A common problem we see in the B2B industry is companies maxing out their marketing teams because they attempt to handle their website in-house. We see this all the time. From redesigns to regular maintenance, we know it's easy for your team to drown in the amount of work it takes to keep a website updated, secure, and current with the times. And let's face it, working on a website isn't that fun. The worst part, hiring a full-time developer to handle that workload can cost over $100,000 a year. Here at OneClick Agency, we build websites for B2B companies for just a fraction of that cost. Whether your website is five pages or 355 pages, our US-based team of designers and developers can handle your website project with ease. If your team is totally capped and needs help with website maintenance or even a full redesign, visit OneClickAgency.com to get a quote today. Visit OneClickAgency.com so your marketing team can get back to doing what they love. OneClickAgency.com. Okay, as a B2B marketer, if you're not on LinkedIn, you're really not anywhere, in my opinion. Uh, But with that being said, some of us might be sleeping on Facebook and Instagram. Can you give us some reasons as to why they're important and give us a framework for those, for those of us who really haven't explored them? Kind of like, here's a good place to start. Is it organic content? Is it paid ads? What are we looking for specifically in the Facebook, Instagram world that we should be doing? 
Yeah, I think, first of all, content is the most important thing, right? That's your foundation. And that's where you really need to start um, and figure out, okay, what's my foundational content that I want to share? And then how can I atomize it so that I can share the same piece of content across multiple channels, right? And so, you know, and the thing, the great thing about Facebook and LinkedIn is that it really forces you to figure out how to take content and and present it in different ways. Instagram is a very visual channel, right? Um, And so you have to figure out how to turn what you wrote or what you're trying to say into some kind of visual representation of what you need to get out. And so I think I think the best thing to think about is, you know, what's the piece of content you want to share and then figure out how to break it up so that you can share it across multiple channels and really get kind of the runway that you need out of it. Because at the end of the day, marketers don't have the time to come up with new and fresh and exciting stuff all the time. And mm-hmm. so you really want to figure out how to create one piece of content that's going to carry you for weeks or months on end. And so mm-hmm. I think that's a, that's the best start for that. And that's what's really great about social media now. And a lot of people may not agree with this, but because the algorithms are a little wonky, you can reshare the same piece of content a few times oh, okay. and you will have the ability to reach new people every time you share it, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, before we move on from this section of the, the interview, um, can we go back to email and talk about customer focus messaging there? Um, what are some ways you found to talk to really the end user um, that we can take away today? Um, You know, when I think about email marketing, especially if I am a salesperson, right? Nobody wants to be on some general email list. Hey, you, hey, hey, name. So I think at the end of the day, when you are emailing someone and and this is the kind of the science behind it and the art behind it is how do you reach as many people as you can um, without customizing each message every time you send it, right? Because there's just no time for that. And so I just think about at the end of the day, when I receive an email and I pretty much read every cold email I receive, it's very few that I actually respond to or because at the end of the day, I'm just thinking to myself, okay, how are you providing value to me, right? Are you actually trying to reach me? Or are you just trying to sell me? And so when I think about when I work with our sales team and we're creating workflows or educational email series that we want to send out, the first thing I ask them is why would anybody care if they receive this in their inbox? Um, what kind of value are providing? And are you always trying to sell them in every email you send? Yeah. And if, you know, if you're answering any of those questions in, in a certain way, then at the end of the day, yeah, you're probably not going to get a lot of opens. Um, and so I think at the end of the day, when I think about email, it's like, am I providing value? Doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to get a conversion out of it, but as long as I get that open, I know that I'm staying front of mind. Mm-hmm. Um, a strategy you guys have been doing at PeerFit and maybe even past companies for you um, is letting your sales team do the outreach to the businesses and the enterprises. Um, and then your marketing team really focuses on the end user. Have, have there been overlaps? Why do you guys uh, really differentiate um, the paths you take? Yeah. So for us, I always go back to the rule of seven, right? Which is average number of impressions. I think a brand must make, you know, before someone actually converts or, or, or sells. Right. And so I think about, okay, well, what if we were to double our efforts there, double the rule of seven, which is if I've got somebody on the other one end of the funnel where my sales team is trying to sell something and I've got myself on the other end of that funnel where I'm trying to convince a user that we're a great product, eventually, you know, what ends up happening is the end user begins 
talking about us or they start to validate our product or they go to their their payer and say, hey, man, I really want this benefit. And then you've got the payer saying, okay, I keep hearing from people that they want this benefit and they're hearing it from our sales team. Eventually they're going to meet in the middle somewhere mm-hmm. or maybe not in the middle, maybe on one end of the funnel or the other. But we figure at some point, if we continue hitting them on the other, on each end of the funnel, at mm-hmm. some point they're going to work their way in the middle. And what's great about that too, is that we can stay laser focused focus on our efforts. We're not getting pulled in different direction. We're not duplicating efforts either um, as well. And it's just, it's always exciting when we end up meeting in the middle and we see how our efforts on either end ended up coming together as one kind of cohesive uh, strategy and, Mm -hmm. and it ends up, you know, creating that sale. So it's really exciting. Yeah. What have been some of the results that you guys have seen? Has it really pushed a lot of prospects right to the center where you wanted them? And I always say center, but it could really not end up being in the center, right? It could end up being on one end of the funnel or yeah. wherever, right? Because it just depends on how much pushing and pulling we end but up they, doing. But everybody got the touch point from both Everyone sides. Everyone got they the touch point. At, mm-hmm. Right. Everyone got the touch point at, at some point. How quick, you know, I think I think at the end of the day, when it comes to sales, it's not just about how many touch points you get them, but how quickly you can get them yeah. to those touch points. And so, um, you know, something that we're going to start working on soon is just really laser focusing on our audience. Audience, right. So we're not casting that wide net, but we're really doing kind of what's called now account-based marketing um, and really focus on, on kind of the types of industries and accounts that, that we want to focus on and, and really even just lasering our focus that much more. What's the best way you found to market to the end consumer? If it's a newer marketing team, should they start with social or email marketing? What's your advice? Uh, I would start with email marketing, right? Email marketing. That email marketing, your list will never go out of date, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, you'll have people fall off. You might have some emails that go um, that go away. But at the end of the day, if you aren't building, constantly building your email marketing list and, at, and for different journeys, right? Uh, different points in the journey, you're really not capitalizing on your marketing efforts, I think. So when people sign up for an email list, they're telling you, they're saying, hey, yeah, I'm yeah. demanding you to provide me with information on your company, right? Yeah. Every time I sign up for an email marketing list, like I'm granting them access to my inbox, right? Which gets flooded every day. So when you are, when you get that permission, basically it's, they're telling you, I want you to email me. And so you should be doing it and you should be doing it often, but you should be doing it well. Right. Mm -hmm. So the biggest thing that anyone can do is just start building those cold lists, start building those, um, those email marketing lists. Of course you have to be providing value in some way. Are you providing them content? Are you providing them an insight? Are you providing them some kind of nugget that they can only, uh, get it. They sign up for your email marketing list, but that's probably the first thing I would recommend everyone start doing um, is really starting to build those lists. Cause at the end of the day, that is, that is an asset that will carry you for years, right? Mm-hmm. Cause you just constantly build on top of that. And then even if you're doing the same with cold lists and creating workflows out of that, you'll still find you won't get many unsubscribes if you're providing value, right? If you're providing something that's going to, um, that that they're going to look at and read and say, hey, this is exactly what I needed at the moment that you gave it to me. Um, So just really be concentrated and and decisive when you create those lists. Obviously, again, you don't want to cast a wide net. You can't be everything to everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, So you really want to target those focus um, and just make sure you're, at the end of the day, you're just providing value. Yeah, and really we don't own social media channels they're they're really borrowed real estate unfortunately and i am something we've not done well here is build an email list and it's a priority for us we've focused on linkedin especially but like you mentioned we don't own our linkedin page and i've, I've said this before it could disappear tomorrow um yep. so what's the backup plan 
um, an email sounds like a great, great tool to do that. But uh, yep. Maria, thank you so much for, for being here on the podcast. It's been uh, a joy to have you here. Um, why don't you close us out by sharing where we can find you on our borrowed real estate of LinkedIn? <laughs> yes, yes. You can find me where I pay rent at uh, on LinkedIn <laughs> at uh, underscore Maria Juan. And you can find our company at PeerFit on all the major social media channels, also borrowed real estate. Um, but go ahead and just check us out or at PeerFit.com. Great, Maria, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Hey, everybody, before you go, thanks a ton for listening to the podcast. We would love it if you dropped us a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. It'll only take you about four seconds. Last thing, if you're in marketing or you simply love it and want to learn more, subscribe to our email list today. You'll get weekly podcast updates as well as a solid marketing tip delivered right to your inbox. So if you want that tip sent to you every single week, subscribe today at oneclickagency.com forward slash podcast. That's oneclickagency.com forward slash podcast, and you'll get marketing advice that you can apply to your company right away. Oneclickagency.com forward slash podcast.